Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello, dear listeners. In this month of meditations, we've moved from a discussion of the first Adam to the last Adam. We saw that with the fall of the first Adam, all humanity fell. And then we saw that the payment that needed to be made for sin was made in full by Jesus Christ. Well, that then leaves us with one burning question. If all humanity fell in Adam, is all humanity then saved by Christ? Well, Christ's payment was without a doubt sufficient to save everyone but not all are saved. What then is the only way for anyone to benefit from the payment Christ made? Yes, just how can you share in Christ? According to Scripture, you have to be united to Christ. How does that happen? By faith. Those who have faith in Christ benefit from His work. The Apostle Paul writes helpfully in Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Through believing, one is saved. And yet before the believer has any chance to boast in his faith that he's so good to believe in Christ, Paul adds that this faith is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Faith by which you become united to Christ, is a gracious gift from God. And how is God pleased to give faith? Well, Paul talks about that as well, also in Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 13, he says that in Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. What is he saying here? Faith is a gift of God the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. And he is pleased to grant faith through the word of truth, the preaching of the gospel. The gospel is essential when it comes to union with Christ by faith. The gospel is not the word of man, it's not human opinion, but the word of Christ. The Spirit of God uses the living Word of Christ to bring sinners to Christ and Christ to the sinner. So as one trusts in Christ through hearing His Word, that same person becomes united to Christ. What a precious grace of the triune God. There's a way back from death in the first Adam, and it's found in the last Adam. I'd like to talk now about what being united to Christ all entails. We can talk about this in two ways. In the first place, being united to Christ affects how God looks at you. Being united to Christ is the only way to address the huge problem of our sin. It addresses, on the one hand, our guilt. We are now accepted by God for the sake of Christ's righteousness. 
Paul says in Romans 5 verse 17, For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Christ's righteousness becomes the believer's righteousness as a gift by faith. And so what does that mean? Paul says in Romans 8 verse 1 that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are united to Christ by faith, yes, if you trust in Christ by a faith given by God, there's no more condemnation, no more guilt, no more hell for you. God has reckoned to you the perfect righteousness of Christ. Your sins, they are forgiven. But that's not even the whole of it. There's not only the guilt of sin, there's also sin's corrupting power. Union with Christ addresses that corruption. Paul says in Romans 6 verse 4, We were buried with Christ by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The corrupting power of sin has been once for all broken in the life of the one united to Christ by faith. And so Paul can say further in Romans 6 verse 10 and 11, The death Christ died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. If one is in Christ, he doesn't have to sin any longer. He's alive to God. So when union with Christ happens, God no longer regards you as guilty and corrupt, but rather as righteous and holy in his eyes. You become right with God and are then daily blessed by the Spirit to live in holiness. Well, this is how God looks upon the one united to Christ by faith, as forgiven, accepted, and set free from sin's enslaving power. And so in light of all this, God treats his adopted child with an everlasting love. So already with his first aspect of union with Christ, there is so much comfort. But you see, there's even more. Understanding what union with Christ means is also going to help the believer make sense of the Christian life. Paul says in Romans 8 verse 17 that if we are children of God, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Paul is writing well after the death and resurrection of Christ. But what he is saying is, the basic pattern of the Christian life is one that moves from suffering to glory in a way that mirrors the life of Christ. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
suffered from the moment of his conception onward till his death on the cross. But then after three days he was raised and glorified into heaven and seated at the right hand of God. No more suffering. So the believer is called to be a cross-bearer in this age, take up his cross, deny himself, and suffer as he follows Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book The Cost of Discipleship, writes, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. He calls a man to follow him into suffering, but this suffering is unto glory for the one united to Christ. It's not suffering unto damnation, which is what the one still united to the first Adam experiences. The believer suffers unto glory. And so, dear listeners, what comes out of all this? Well, if Christ is the true human, the one who in both his suffering and glory enjoys true communion with God, then what does that mean for those, and only those, who are united to this Christ? They too, by the restoring and renewing work of Christ Jesus by his Spirit, may come to see again what it means to be really human. Life with Christ, union with Christ, is what makes possible a relationship with the triune God, a relationship in which you can walk in righteousness and holiness before Him. Yes, you can walk this way with Him, in fellowship with God as His renewed image-bearer because of Jesus Christ. Oh no, none of us is able in this life to reflect God perfectly again. But here is where the gospel shines through once more. Because you and I, in our fallen state, would never be able to reflect God perfectly again. God sent Christ. God sent him to be the true man. And as true man, this man was the image of God. He lived without sin, lived as perfectly as we once were in paradise, and he therefore reflected God perfectly. And so, yes, only for those united to Christ by faith, there is hope through the word of truth, Jesus Christ coming to you in the gospel. Dear listeners, what is man? What does it mean to be human? Believe in Jesus Christ and know that your life will be transformed by him. Christ, the true man, becomes yours only by faith. He is the only way to the Father. Seek him, believe in him, and then enjoy him and all of his benefits as you follow him from suffering into glory. Thanks for listening.